Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Thursday, April 6th. What will City Council do to address safety issues on city streets, in particular when it comes to crime and violence on Calgary Transit? We discuss with Mayor Jyoti Gondek. Donald Trump now faces 34 counts of falsifying business records, a first in American history for such charges being leveled against a former president. So we get the latest and a look at all the news making headlines south of the border as we check in with Jennifer Johnson, Global News Washington correspondent. And finally, are you looking to tackle some spring cleaning this long weekend? Perhaps the best place to start is to take care of all the clutter in your house. We get some advice on how to clear out your junk with Noreen Music, professional organizer and owner of Organize My Space Calgary. How does the city of Calgary plan to address safety in the city and especially on public transit? Joining us to talk about that issue and lots more is Mayor Jyoti Gondek. Good morning, Madam Mayor. Good morning. How are you? Excellent. Appreciate you joining us. Uh, Happy Thursday before the Easter long weekend. We'll talk about that coming up in just a bit, but obviously the big topic of discussion, it has been for some time, but now really getting down to the nitty gritty in terms of safety and violence on public transit, particularly feels like things are just getting worse. So what action is the city taking now to try and address this issue? Well, we took uh, action last year during our budget setting uh, week. We dedicated $33 million towards transit recovery. And then a couple of weeks ago, there was another $32 million that we approved. And as a result of um, having those funds in place, we've been able to recruit and train more transit peace officers. Uh, We, as of Monday, uh, deployed more security guards as well. So that team doubled. It will triple by the end of this month. And really, the goal is to make sure that there's a greater presence of uh, people that are looking after security on transit and together with the Calgary Police Service we are deploying enforcement where we are seeing high levels of criminal activity. There was an undercover operation that identified um, several people with weapons. Uh, There was drug-related offenses as well. So it's in partnership with Calgary Police Service and our transit team that we are doing our best to care for people who are in crisis as well as address criminal activity and provide that safety that Calgarians are looking for. And in partnership with the province as well, Madam Mayor. And, uh, you know, during these conversations, during this rollout, during the announcement and the way ahead to improve safety, the term defund the police came up again. This is it. Well, we never even heard about this until a couple of years ago. Uh, So from from your standpoint, can we get some clarification on uh, what that term means to you and what your thoughts are when the term defund the police is is, uh, uttered? There's a lot of different interpretations of that term. There are folks that um, believe that all police services should be disbanded. There are folks that believe that a proportion of the police budget should be going towards more partnerships. I would say that our council uh, tends to stay away from terminology that is loaded. What we have done, however, is question the Calgary Police Commission, who is the oversight body, about the measures that they're taking to ensure that service members are properly teamed up with experts in mental health and addictions and that members of the police service are not dealing with every type of call on their own so that they actually have support that is uh, sometimes better prepared to deal with a situation. So it's really that crisis response that is more complete and can address the person that's in need as well as take care of the situation if there's criminal activity involved. And over time, since I've been on council from 2017 till now, 
Um, I spent three years serving on Calgary Police Commission, and I can tell you that I was one of the people that advocated for the budget that was brought forward. Council has provided increases in the budget to keep up with population growth, as well as the needs that the police service has. So we have been very responsible stewards of the budget that is presented by Calgary Police Commission, who is actually the oversight body that represents the police service's needs. So, Mayor, bottom line, there was controversy, misinformation floating around this week. You, you don't believe that we should be removing funding from the police and replacing them with something else. We, we just need to give them the resources to best do their job. Is that correct? Yeah, absolutely. That's why the police commission exists. They review the budget that's being proposed by the police service and they bring it to council. I can tell you that the budget is going from about $437 million this year um, up to about 465 by 2026. So there are increases in place. This gives the service the ability to hire more officers and also do the work they need to do in collaboration with partner organizations. Okay, we'll switch gears a bit and talk about uh, the building that we've all driven by, the building that used to be a hub and busy, the old Greyhound Station, west end of downtown. And the talk of it uh, being entered into the conversation when it comes to using it as shelter for Calgary's most vulnerable. Where are we there and what are your thoughts on that? There's been a lot of conversations about what to do with that building. I actually used to work there for a couple of years. I worked for the courier division of Greyhound. Um, it has been used as a vaccination clinic. It's been used temporarily for um, film and television. I think what we're doing right now is exploring the best possible use for future. It may be a shelter. It may be something else. Um, but we remain open to ideas that we receive from parties that are interested in that facility. And, uh, you know, we also need to look at the life cycle of that building so right now it's um it's an approach of understanding what could be the best use for our city on that property there there's much work that needs to be done though right i mean there's a lot of cleanup that needs to be done in terms of what's underneath the ground what what does that look like and, and how might that happen well, that area in general, as we all know, um, has the issue with creosote. And so um, we would need a partnership with other orders of government, potentially with the private sector to do a proper cleanup. So that's something that um, is top of mind for us as we move forward on what to do with the building and perhaps even that area. Let's talk about this weekend, Madam Mayor. Uh, Easter weekend, a lot of people, whether or not, in whatever your family looks like, getting together with who we consider family. What's a typical Easter in your household look like? Um, I will be catching up on my sleep. I will be eating everything that my husband prepares for me. <laughs> and I will be like, and many other people, just giving thanks for, um, you know, the many good things that come our way in our lives. So I think it's an opportunity to reflect with family on the things that we've been given and the work we still need to do to um, make sure that we have an equitable society. Absolutely. We should also point out Passover starts today too yes. for yes. our Jewish friends. So um, in terms of going to a party, whether it's Easter, whether it's Passover, you've been told and your husband's not invited so he can't cook for you, <laughs> but you have been told to please bring your favorite dish. What are you taking? Uh, if I'm being honest, I probably remember at the 11th hour and stop and get a <laughs> bottle of wine for the host. Uh, if I actually have some time to prepare, um, I like making like a fruit crisp with apple and, mm. you know, that kind of pears so and stuff. You're a dessert it. girl. I'm not a dessert girl, but I find oh. it easy to make. Well, fine, because I am a dessert girl, so yeah. you can bring that to the party. I'll come to your place with wine and an apple crisp. <laughs> and, uh, we don't need anything else. You are an official, so <laughs> we'll ask you your uh, you know, opinion on this, because earlier, and, well, this conversation was kind of born with, well, we love food. We talk about food 24-7 here, but... <laughs> 
talking about the, the greatest hits when it comes to bringing an appy or a dish. And I was saying that nobody wants that veggie tray to roll in. What are your thoughts on the veggie tray? Please don't come with a veggie tray, you know? No one makes yes. friends with salad or a veggie tray. Just but like stay in the car. A charcuterie board, yes. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Veggie tray, no. Yeah, it's 2023. Yeah, fantastic. Thank you so much, Mayor. Have a wonderful Easter weekend, and uh, thanks always for answering our questions. Yeah, to everybody celebrating Passover and Easter, I wish you well with your family, and have a great weekend. Appreciate it. That is Calgary Mayor Jyoti Gondek. This week, former President Donald Trump appeared before a New York grand jury to face 34 counts of falsifying business records. With details on this and all the latest news coming out of the United States, we're joined this morning by Global News Washington correspondent Jennifer Johnson. Hi, Jennifer. Long time no talk. That's true. Good morning, Sue and Andy. Nice to be with you again. So great to have you back. Let's talk about the latest. Uh, Has former President Trump responded to the charges against him? I have no doubt he has. Well, yes. I mean, he's um, he made a speech at Mar-a-Lago after returning from New York, and um, he is claiming that this is an attempt by Democrats to prevent him from being reelected president or being elected again president, that this is all about stopping his campaign to get back into the White House, that he denies having an affair with having Stormy Dan- with Stormy Daniels. He denies um, there was any hush money payment. He said this wouldn't happen to any other person in America other than him. He thanked his children, but of course did not thank his wife for supporting him. Mm. So you can draw some conclusions as to why she wasn't supporting him in all this. I want to ask you this, Jennifer, because obviously the former president, quite vocal. He does not hide, uh, you know, <laughs> he, he lays his thoughts out, not just in front of TV cameras, uh, radio microphones, but also on Twitter, for example. Um, after the arraignment, uh, slamming the DA and the judge, could this come back to haunt him, being vocal against the DA and the judge? Well, worse than that, he actually um, let out or released to the public the judge's address, um, the judge's uh, name, information, where he works, his address, which is uh, something that Donald Trump has done in the past to his critics, to his severe critics. So, you know, it's hard to say whether or not this will this will be the thing to come back and get Donald Trump. I think there's a fair chance he would get um, convicted, but even if you're convicted of a felony um, of this type in America, you still can run for president. It's not under the uh, list of things you you know that prevent you from running running for president under the U.S. Constitution. So he still will run for president. Whether or not his supporters will say, "Okay, this is you know this is it, you know this is the one, this is the deal breaker. We're not going to support him anymore." That's a big question. But I mean, this is just the beginning of his problems because Donald Trump faces potential Department of Justice charges for taking classified documents to Mar-a-Lago. So that's one investigation. He also faces an investigation and possible criminal charges of election interference in the state of Georgia and the Department of Justice and the FBI have an ongoing investigation over his his involvement with the January 6th insurrection. So this is just one of four potential criminal cases that Donald Trump is facing and will likely face before the 2024 election. And that's the big thing, isn't it, Jennifer? I mean, we can't just discount it, or, or as some are, his, you know, some of his proponents in the U.S. that are just saying, oh, this just involves, a, you know, an adult film star. Well, it's far beyond that. It's far beyond that. And, you know, it's interesting. Some of his most vocal Republican critics, like former Attorney General Bill Barr and former Vice President Mike Pence, criticized this case, the hush money case in New York. Um, but... But then Pence turned around and said he will testify um, 
you know, with the for, before the investigators of the January 6th insurre- insurrection case. So um, I think they're kind of saying this one case in New York is questionable, but the others are not. Okay, we, we know some of the opinions from his inner circle or former inner circle, but what about the American people, Jennifer? Has there been any polling done as far as, you know, what this is doing to the Trump base or, you know, the general public who would maybe consider him for a 2024 uh, redo, rerun? I have not seen polling since he was indicted and charged. Um, I would expect that by the end of this weekend, some of the Sunday morning talk shows will have some polls on whether or not it will change people's opinions. From what I have heard speaking to people and friends, and I, you know, my friends are across the board, the staunch Republicans think it's absolutely ridiculous. The Democrats are like, just put the guy in jail, um, which is unlikely in this case. But I don't see it moving his base away from um, away from him affecting that kind of support, but whether or not people just get tired and there's a better alternative, such as Ron DeSantis, the governor of Florida, um, that's another question. I mean, right now he's still polling um, as the leading candidate in the Republican Party, but whether or not that will continue, especially if he gets to be continually charged in these other cases, I think it will erode his base. And there have that was been, a long answer. Yeah, <laughs> no, a but, answer but a good question. one. And, and there have been some others who've already thrown their hats in the ring and saying, you know, this is just a distraction. Look at me. And now one of them is another Kennedy, perhaps. Right. You know, that that is a very interesting. I'm going to I'm going to go back to Ron DeSantis first. Ron DeSantis is continuing his his so-called book tour. Uh, across the United States, but interestingly, interestingly, he's I can't speak this morning. He's going to Michigan, uh, which is a big electoral college uh, state. Um, that's his next stop. Back to the Kennedy thing. So Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is decided he's going to run to become the Democratic nominee for president. Um, that is a very I was surprised by that because usually the Democrats kind of rally behind the guy that's in the White House if he's doing a fairly decent job, which is what, you know, Joe Biden's polling numbers, you know, they're indicating that people are, are you know, particularly Democrats, are, are fairly pleased with the job he's doing. Joe Biden hasn't come out publicly and said he's going to run, but he certainly indicated he's going to run. So I was surprised, honestly, to see that Robert F. Kennedy uh, has thrown his hat in the ring. And it's, he's an interesting guy because he's a real anti-vaxxer. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the Democrats believe, for the most part, um, you know, in the dangers of COVID-19 and the vaccines to help prevent the spread and the boosters. And he's a he's a major anti-vaxxer. All right, let's switch gears and talk about some wacky weather. It's been deadly oh. in certain pockets of the U.S. Can you tell us where we're at? And, uh, you know, which uh, areas are in the target uh, this week? Well, Missouri just got creamed. Um, I, I mean, there's just been so many deaths from um, these tornadoes and, and they're in the vicious weather. The, actually, the, the weather's coming our way today. We're supposed to get severe thunderstorms, high winds, uh, a lot of hail. Um, that's, that's kind of sweeping up the United States. It's, it's a storm that basically goes from San Antonio, Texas, all the way up. Close to you guys, um, but I mean, everywhere I talk to, I mean, I have a son in Nashville. He's he's like we're constantly under tornado watches and warnings, and uh, it, it this has been a vicious spring, and it, it's it's hard to say it's been more vicious than than previous ones because it seems like I say this every year, but the weather has been crazy, and there have been a lot of deadly deadly tornadoes, and the force of them, you just have to wonder if climate change is just increasing the force because when you start seeing 
you know, tornadoes, you know, EF5 tornadoes, you know, one after the other. It is, it is shocking. And then tornadoes in places like Maryland, where I live, they're very unusual. But lately, we've gotten a lot. So this has been a vicious spring. Jennifer, switching gears for the final time as we head into the Easter long weekend. You're going to a cocktail party or a dinner party for Easter. What are you taking with you? What is the appy that you bring? <laughs> we were asked to bring <laughs> we were asked to bring dessert. So my husband wants to bring peanut butter pie, and I'm a big brownie person. So I think we're going to end up bringing both. Jennifer, I, uh, uh, Sue just hit the floor <laughs> when you said peanut butter pie. <laughs> We're going to have to Can get that please recipe. send the recipe? Yeah, it's actually pretty good. I have I mean, an idea. Put the brownies in the peanut butter pie. <laughs> yeah. Bada boom, bada bing. I love it. Do it. Happy Easter, and uh, let us know how the party goes. Okay, thanks, guys. Thanks Thank, for having me. Thanks so much. Uh, Jennifer Johnson, Global News, Washington correspondent. Does your space inspire you or does it make you cringe? Well, it's time for some spring cleaning. So say goodbye to the clutter and hello to professional organizer and owner of Organize My Space Calgary, Noreen Music. Good morning to you, Noreen. Thanks for being here. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Pleasure to see you in person live <laughs> this morning. And uh, I know this is something obviously you're very passionate about. And I think maybe it gives something for people to do over this Easter long weekend is to get organized. So, I mean, really, it can be life-changing to organize, can't it? It absolutely is. It, it really, you know, it helps people overcome the stress, the overwhelm, and it just makes living in your home a lot easier, a lot calmer. Mm -hmm. Noreen, anybody with kids knows that I have to wade through my son's room. I have to go through that again. <laughs> just too much stuff. We know that we're kind of like born hoarders to a certain extent. Uh, for me, it doesn't come naturally. So let's talk about your background. How did you get to this level to be a professional organizer? Was this something that was instilled in you or did you have to learn it yourself? Yeah, actually, a really good question. I actually grew up with a mom who was a little chronically disorganized and I wasn't. I was naturally uh, a very organized person. And so I really learned uh, that... Living in organized ways is just a better way to live. And so I really thank my mom for inspiring me to, you know, to start this company. My background is actually in commercial real estate. I had a corporate career for 30 years before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Uh, before I started this company. And it really does help people overcome uh, a lot of the barriers that they face in their life, a lot of shame, a lot of, you know, a lot of ties to stuff that that can weigh us down. So it, it truly can, because and that's the thing, right, is we get attached to things and then we just can't let them go. Right. And that accumulates over time and it just can be really truly overwhelming so you know your specialty is is home and office organizations yes. would you say both rooms are equally important or is one more than the other i would say they're equally important that's why i focus on both i think if if people a lot of my clients if they struggle at home they tend to struggle at work as well and not just in the physical uh organization of their of their workspace wherever that is but in the digital space, emails. I just work with a client who had, she's a lawyer in, in the U.S. And she's got over 100,000 emails in her inbox. And so she is not doing well. She she is uh, really stressed. It's keeping her up at night. And so if we're impacted by clutter, both at home and at work, it really does impact how we show up in the world and how we live our lives. I, I want to bring this uh, analogy or parallel to you, Noreen, to see if you agree with this and, and help us get over that hump. What is that saying? 
you don't have to be great to start. You have to start to be great. I'd like to think of it as almost like getting into shape and, and getting physically fit if you've never done it. Um, I am on the sidelines trying to start these projects, but I don't know how to start. And every time we have an organizer and I, I ask for those tips, how do we start? Yeah, start small. <clears throat> there are a lot of um, uh, different practices that say take all of your clothes, take all of, you know, the coats out of your closet, mm. put them on your bed. That is too overwhelming for too many people. And so I always say start small. Start with a drawer. Start with a cupboard. Start with a dresser. And the the point is to just start. And, and it does tend to snowball when you start small and you do little by little. You know, I have a great resource on my website called Keeping Your Home Organized uh, Over Every Season and or through every season because I believe that organizing should happen on a regular basis, uh, you know, mm -hmm. every month or every season. And that, you know, if you do if you do a little bit every time, it's not as overwhelming. Yeah, it cannot be maybe not as daunting. And, and that website, organizemyspacecalgary.com. We had a texter from yesterday when we talked about you coming on that asked, please, please ask, what do I do with stuff that I inherit? Like my Ooh. mom's wedding rings, like photographs, like all those old yeah. pieces of furniture, antiques, et cetera, that maybe, you know, they're not in great shape or whatever, but we're so attached to them. Yes, I know. And that is a tough one. I, I really, a lot of my clients struggle with uh, those sentimental things or things that have been passed down. And, and I mean, keep what really is important, but it's okay to pass that on. You won't lose the memory of the loved one or the experiences that you had. And if they've passed away, they really don't care what happens mm -hmm. with their stuff uh, and there's a lot of interesting things that you know I had one client where she had her mom's wedding dress and she was never going to wear mm -hmm. the wedding dress or reuse it it was quite old-fashioned and so you know we came up with the idea of turning it into a Christmas skirt and so she Fun. went to um, you know a tailor and she actually got it was beautiful mm -hmm. and so what a wonderful way to honor her mother mm -hmm. and that wedding dress by making this Christmas skirt. So there are ways that you can also hold on to that memory without holding on to all the stuff. Yeah. And, and just before we let you go, Nari, I want to ask you this as far as, uh, you know, the whole team, whether it's the office or in the house, getting the whole family involved and uh, maybe your work team if you're working in, in close quarters? Absolutely. I mean, kids, this is a skill that children need to learn. It will serve them well uh, in their life. And so get kids involved. It, it, they, kids have fun with it. I love working with kids. They're actually sometimes a little easier uh, to work <laughs> with than some of the adults. So, uh, And I find a lot of time my, uh, my productivity clients or my business clients, they also, if they're working with me, they inspire other people around them and mm -hmm. start telling them about what they're learning and how to get organized. And so it, it, it has a ripple effect. Absolutely. At home, at work, in your head, all yes. of it comes together <laughs> when you can get organized. Thank you so much, Noreen. Really appreciate your time this morning. Yes, you're very welcome. Thank you. Happy Easter. Happy Easter. Noreen Music, professional organizer, owner of Organize My Space Calgary. Website is organizemyspacecalgary.com. Noreen has also written a book called The Unexpected Entrepreneur. Now you're here making a difference while making a living. Check that one out as well.